it's showtime. This cat here, Binks, right? He can talk. My brother's a virgin, he lit the black flame candle, the witches are back from the dead and they're after us. We need help. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus! You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite? Here's Johnny! Well, actually, the place I'm speaking of is called Halloween Town. This is the time of year to write to the Great Pumpkin. On Halloween night, the Great Pumpkin rises out of his pumpkin patch and flies through the air with a bag of toys for all the children. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 366 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. Can you believe we're in spooky month already? I mean, it's about darn time. No, I really, really, really can't. (laughs) (laughs) It does not feel like October at all. Well, guys, we are in the burr months. Who cares if it feels like it or not? We are so <laughs> close to Christmas now. <laughs> uh, the deception is too much. <laughs> it's flipping April. <sighs> oh, there we go. Okay, I was wondering if we we're gonna. I was wondering if we we're gonna peek behind the curtain or not. <laughs> Spoiler, oh, alert. Spoiler alert! We're using our quarantine to get up on some extra content. Because we want to be there for you. That's right. We want to be there for you five months from now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's always good to talk to you guys. It is. It is. I'm thinking, though, that because I feel like a lot of people, our very own Tom, and I know some of our listeners have been feeling very down because it is April and we are still in quarantine. I'm thinking we need to arrange another movie commentary soon. (laughs) But this reminds me of the Friends episode with Emma's birthday and and Judy and. <laughs> By the time you live watch this, we'll be dead. The grave. <laughs> Sorry. So I just watched the whole arc where they switched departments. Yeah. Uh huh. Number one, if I was a set decorator on that show i would have been pissed that i had to switch those apartments back and forth just for a joke that i knew was not going to be permanent that's number one (laughs) and number two what were they talking about they were talking about math or something and joey says to chandler and you call yourself an accountant and chandler's like no no My favorite Joey reasoning is the days of the week. How to remember Thursday. Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day. Wednesday, when? What day? Thursday, the third day. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the whole episode with the game where they lose the apartment. Yes, and then that is one all of bl- the best episodes. they all blaming each other. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's like, that stupid game. And Ross is like, don't blame the game. <laughs> that is that is on my list of top 10 Friends episodes, is that one. I think it probably is for most people. That's yeah, like one of the so iconic good. ones. It is. Speaking of being so good, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> this year, as a special Patreon-exclusive Halloween treat for y'all... We are covering the 1988 American comedy horror fantasy film, Beetlejuice, directed by Tim Burton. Julia, do you want to give us a plot synopsis? Sure. The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to help drive them out. That is spot on and concise. Short and sweet. Thanks, IMDb. So it should be pretty quick to run through this cast because not the director, the composer, and two of the main characters have already appeared on this show before. Yep. 
Yes, they have. Uh, yeah, we've covered Tim Burton, the director, but again, I'm going to go on and say it from the onset. One of the best things about this movie is the music. Yes. Danny Elfman the, the, delivers. The theme, the main theme is iconic, right? That's it played is. on Halloween commercials. That's played in other Halloween movies. It's iconic. Yep. He is by far one of the single most amazing musical presence out, presences out there. Yep. Oh, I love him. And starring as the main man himself, the bio-exorcist Beetlejuice is Michael Keaton, who we've covered before in Batman Returns. And it was actually this movie, working with him at this movie, that convinced Tim Burton to cast him as Batman. Okay, so this came first. I was wondering. This came first. This was one of Tim Burton's first films, if not his first Mm-hmm. And uh, the studio, because this did so well, the studio gave him Batman. Mm-hmm. Then he cast Michael Keaton as Batman, and the rest is history. I loved him as Batman. I mean, I know we've talked about that already, but I really loved him as Batman. I posted in the Facebook group the other day. I actually got a lot of comments with people putting their own opinions because I just did the whole Batman marathon, right? So I was posting yeah. some of my Batman opinions. I think he's my favorite Batman. Batman. Christian Bale's my favorite Bruce Wayne. Right. Because there's a difference. I was telling mm-hmm. Ethan that the other day because we were Big watching. Difference. What were we watching? We were watching a Christian Bale Batman movie. And Marty's like, boy, I bet his voice hurt at the end of the day from doing that nonsense. And I'm like, yeah, he's not my masked Batman. Michael Keaton is my masked Batman. But my Bruce Wayne. And Ethan was like, well, what about George Clooney? Didn't he play Batman? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> He did play Batman. Okay. <laughs> That's all That's we're going to say honey. about that. Uh, That's I liked, cute. I liked, you should get um, Ethan to watch Batman and the George Clooney Batman is on Voodoo. <laughs> all saw the Batman it. are on Voodoo. <laughs> I saw and it. I, and I will say there are good things about that film. The whole, he would have made a great Batman with a good director and a script. He really would have. Yeah. He could have done it. But the whole subplot with Alfred dying in that film or like, on his deathbed. Mm. That was the best part about that movie. What about Val Kilmer, y'all? Val Kilmer, who didn't even put on a different voice or anything. (laughs) Hi, guys, I'm Batman. (laughs) I think Ben Affleck's a really good um, Ben Affleck's my favorite Batman. But you're a Dark Knight Returns fan, right? I'm a Frank Miller fan. Ben Affleck had the best Batman scene out of everyone. And that was the the warehouse scene where he's rescuing Superman's mom. Because that was like how I see him fighting my mind, like twenty people at once, just like yep. yeah. That's how it was in the animated series. Right, he looked yeah. like the Batman Bruce Wayne in the animated series. Okay, I just can't get um, the one I can't ever get on board with, and I know it's sacrilege. Is Adam West? Oh yeah, I don't like Adam West as Batman. I didn't like those Batmans. I Batman. Didn't how do you pluralize Batman? Past tense Batman. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like those. I, I can't do them. His, his name's not Frank Batman. It's Batman. <laughs> not Mr. Goldman. <laughs> Man. I just think it's crazy that Turkey named an entire city after this show. After Beetlejuice? Really? Batman. Oh, after Batman? I did think no, it was an sweet, old though. Turkish town called Batman. I did think it was sweet when Adam West died, though, that all the major cities in the world, like London, Paris, LA, New York, all shown the bat signal in the sky for him. I thought that was cute. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know. And that's how Batman and Robin works for me. If you watch it as, okay, this is an adaptation of the old 60s campy show, then that movie is awesome. Because <laughs> that's the only way that movie works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was bad. Our other recurring actress who we've covered before on this podcast is Catherine O'Hara, plays mm-hmm. Delia Dietz, the living mother, stepmother to our protagonist, one of our protagonists. Mm-hmm. And, and we've covered Winona Wild, Winona Ryder, technically. We covered her in oh, Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Hands. Yep. And we covered Alec Baldwin when we covered 30 Rock. Oh, yeah. Right. These are all. Look at that. It's all coming back. Look at our cast. It's falling into place. 
covered. Do, I do want to, before we move on, though, say Catherine, Her- Catherine O'Hara, once again, playing a mom. She was yes. like the quintessential mom of the late 80s, early 90s. But she has completely flipped what that means. Yes. years. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Davis plays a very dumb football player. Dwayne Davis, who's that? What? I have no idea. I was just reading one of the most random things. The the football players are named Dumb Football Player, Dumb Football Player 2, and Very Dumb Football Player. And Very Dumb Football Player. I wonder if he's the one that comes in there and he goes, I don't don't think our coach made it. Or I think our coach made it. Uh, Uh, Gina Gina Davis, Davis, we haven't covered her, have we? I I love Gina Davis. Yeah, so she plays Barbara, so she's... She's our protagonist in it, right? She's the wife of the husband-wife couple uh-huh. that haunts the house. And I don't think we've covered her yet in anything. No, we have not. Does she have any Christmas stuff? That's kind of a, just a question into the air as I am looking <laughs> for see. Christmas stuff. Um, so Gina Davis, I mean, she's been around for quite some time, and she's been some. She's done some really awesome stuff. Earth Girls Are Easy is one of those kind of big older ones as well in the 80s. She's probably most well-known initially for Thelma and Louise. Um, she was also Dottie Henson in A League of Their Own, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. Love that movie. I do too. It's so love good. that movie. <laughs> um, she was in The Long Kiss Goodnight. Is that one of those that's rumored to be a Christmas movie? I, I want to say it's set at Christmas time. I feel like people have said, hey, if you're, are you going to do the long kiss goodnight? Okay. Any reason to cover Gina Davis and Samuel L? There you go. Um, she was also in the Gina Davis show that lasted for about a year that I don't remember at all. Me either. Um, she was in the Stuart Little movies, which I thought were sweet. She had a tiny little cameo in Will and Grace. She's on Doc also- McStuffins. Oh, she is? Yep, Princess Persephone. She was I in didn't one know episode. That. She is in The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah, I missed that one. That was early oh, on. I hate that movie. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. She's in the TV series Glow. That's the one with the wrestlers, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Which has an and amazing then, Christmas special. Does it? I haven't watched any of that show. Is it good? It is good. It is good. Okay. And then it looks like she's the voice of Huntara and She-Ra in She-Ra and the Princess of Power. Princesses of Power. That's the Netflix one, I'm assuming. Yep. And that's the one and that's she not was, so good, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I won't watch it because I can't handle it. And she was in the Exorcist TV show. I didn't even know that was a TV show. She played the adult version of the little girl from the movie of Reagan. Oh, all right. Was that any good? It wasn't bad. It only lasted a season, though. I mean, it was, I mean, I love the movie. It's yeah. nothing like the movie. It's a lot far toned down from the movie. Obviously, it was on network TV, but. Yeah. She was in the two seasons of Commander-in-Chief. Yeah. As the president. And my. In Pet Shop Boys movie. Or Pet Shop. And, and my English lit teacher, my English teacher in high school, my 11th grade English teacher could be her doppelganger. They look exactly alike. What's your favorite Gina Davis? League of Their Own. The League of Their Own. Same. (laughs) I loved that movie so much when I was however old it was when it came out that my brother gave me a League of Their Own themed birthday where I got a Louisville Slugger and tickets to an Astros game. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah, it was great. Who else do we have of note? Playing Charles Dietz, the father is Jeffrey Jones, who has disappeared off the earth in recent years. He was in everything for a while back then. Well, he was because he is, after all, a very tall, fair-haired character actor who is recognized all over for his excellent work. I thought that was a weird description of him from IMDb. Is that? Oh, my gosh, that is on there. Oh, just awkward. That is awkward writing. That is awkward. I mean, very, very tall, fair-haired actor. I mean, Bueller's what I know oh, most. Yeah, the, yeah, same. But yeah, that, and that makes face. yeah. So that's why he disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, Ed Rooney. That's right. He was Ed Rooney. He was. That's why he like, disappeared. Ed Legal troubles. Wait, what? Did you like Ed Wood? He was arrested for possession of child pornography in 2002. Why he what? looks like he would be. No, and accused by a 17-year-old boy of solicitation to pose for nude photo- photos. Oh. He pleaded oh. no contest to a charge of soliciting a minor, as the accuser was 14 when the offense first occurred. 
at the Wait, same time they 2002 at the so same time the misdemeanor charge of possession of child pornography was dropped i mean yeah, he was five for a good run yep as of 2019 last year he was listed on the u.s department of justice national sex offender database so that explains where he went he's still getting jobs and they Why might not be good jobs he's acted as recently as 2019 deadwood the movie he's making more money than any of us are Mm-hmm. And none of us are sex offenders. There's <laughs> a voice in Batman the animated series. Ooh, who'd he play? And Justice Nivens. Sir- Vinny. Niven. He's in the Crucible. Uh, I, he looks I, I like he'd be in the Crucible. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he does. totally looks like he would be in the Crucible. Devil's Advocate, which I'm pretty sure in '97, that's one with Keanu Reeves and Pacino. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. Yes. He played Thomas Putnam in the Crucible. He was also in Stuart Little. Also with Winona Ryder. Yeah, and he in Stuart Little with Gina Davis. So he's been in a lot. He's been in quite a bit. What's your favorite Jeffrey Jones film role? I mean, Ed Rooney. Ferris Bueller. Ferris yeah. Bueller. Glenn Shattuck plays Otho, who I just couldn't even deal with in this. We've covered yeah. him before. Have we? Oh, he was the, the Nightmare Before Christmas of... of- Halloween Town. And he's dead. He is. I did know 2010. that. Oh. So it looks like he did some voice acting as well. I mean, in addition to Nightmare Before Christmas, quite a bit of voice acting. Man, he was, was in, in a Batman lot of classic shows. He was in The Golden Girls, Roseanne, Seinfeld, Cheers, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's in a lot. Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, The Mask TV show. Ugh. He was on Dave's World. Do y'all remember that show? Yes, Dave's World. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I, I don't think I do remember that. It was Probably Dave Barry's TV time. show. Lots of things are before my time and I still know them. <laughs> it's sad that Dave's that Dave Barry's before your time. He was also in Bobby's World, that cartoon show. I know Bobby's World with Howie Mandel. Don't yep. you know, huh? Bobby. Don't you know, Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby. It was in Heather's. Oh. I like I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, I guess for me, my favorite, though, would probably be The Mirror of Halloween. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with when he played Bud, Lar- Bud, uh, Bud Larkin on Empty Nest. I don't know, which is the name. Or just something I read. I'm pretty unattached to him. <laughs> I would say the only other character of note in the movie is Juno, played by Sylvia Sidney, whose screen and film career spanned over 70 years. Uh, she rose to prominence in dozens of leading roles in the 30s, but gained attention for her role as Juno, a case worker in the afterlife in Beetlejuice. Robert Goulet uh, is also I'm in this. Gonna disagree and say, I'm going to disagree and say Robert Goulet is worth mentioning. He played Maxie Dean. Um, can't hear Robert, Robert Goulet, Goulet and not think about Will Ferrell now. <laughs> I just can't. I see him on that rotating platform trying to sing Christmas songs. That's just all I can think of. We did cover him as well, though, when we talked Scrooge. So it's that epic Robert Goulet interesting. I love how he has become a caricature of himself. Yes, he has. He was on the Recess Christmas Miracle on 3rd Street. Which is an awesome episode, by the way. Really? We have have so much good stuff to do, y'all. Which is good, because I was... (laughs) I was like, what are we going to do next year besides Hallmark films? Now, we've got a lot of stuff we can do still, yo. We have a lot of TV. TV can keep us busy for years. Mm-hmm. TV can't keep us busy for years, but there's still a lot of movie left to live. There's a Mary Cheatham in this movie. She's from Oklahoma, USA. That's my maiden name. So that's funny. Imagine if you're related. Get some of this Beetlejuice bucks. Imagine that. She was in The Wedding Singer. She oh, was. I know who she is. She was that, that sweet lady on the plane. First class, yep. first class passenger. Okay, so Beetlejuice is one of these well-known, beloved cult... Yeah, beloved movies. I won't even call it a cult movie because it's mainstream. So yeah. I'm curious to know our histories with this film. So histories. Who wants to start? Okay, so this came out in 88. I was born in 82. So I was six-ish. Whatever month. I don't care. We're ignoring months. We're just rounding. I was six. 
Um, this is a very not my parents movie. Uh, all Tim Burton's would classify for a not my parents movie. So I remember seeing New hashtag parts, going. Yeah. Hashtag not my parents. I remember parents movie. seeing parts of this movie and being terrified. And I remember my parents turning it off like straight up right away. Like, nope, this is not our kind of movie. We're done. And so for years and years, I was probably prohibited from watching it, nor did I want to watch it. And I watched it today. It's the first time I've watched it, I think, since I've been a kid. And I'm pretty sure it's the first time I've ever watched it in its entirety. And for real? I think for real. Yeah. Wow. Like I thought I had seen it not too long ago, like whole. I don't think so because there are whole parts of this movie I don't remember at all. But there were are parts I remember very well. Were you shocked by how little Michael Keaton was actually in it as Beetlejuice? Yes, I yes. was. <laughs> that always shocks me every time I watch it every year. It shocks yes. me how little he's actually in it. Yep. He is like hardly in it. Um, and he's really obnoxious when he is. Yes. And the F word is in this movie and it's rated PG. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is rated PG. <laughs> anyway, like most movies in the 80s, they were rated more lenient a lot more lately yes yeah so that's that's my history i love tim burton i don't love this movie this is the cutest alec baldwin has ever been though i was about to say alec baldwin does not even look like what he He is so you know what's funny about that when we were watching this i told christine my words were i was like that's what it means to say somebody's a baldwin if you remember (laughs) that old saying when they would say some some guy is a baldwin it was like a yeah it was like a good thing (laughs) <laughs> yeah no whew, not anymore um, so i knew this movie i don't really remember a time without it i mean it came out again when i was you know six or seven i was a, i was a wee lad and i saw it pretty young i saw it before i was 10 and i was horrified although the uh what were they called the sandworms yeah really mm-hmm. um sparked my like planted an early seed for my love for the terrible kevin bacon movie that i still love to this day tremors Yes. <laughs> I love Tremors. And I'm glad I'm glad you acknowledge it's Flatliners terrible, though. <laughs> and Flatliners. Have y'all seen Flatliners? Yes. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. That movie disturbed me so much as a kid. But I go back to my, my I think I love Tremors because of the sandworms and how tra- traumatic they were for me as a child. And I I remembered it being a lot better movie than it is. It's just kind of meh. And I think my real enjoyment for Beetlejuice probably comes from the cartoon. Yeah, I could see that. I think I like the cartoon a lot more than the movie. Beetlejuice was just, in the cartoon, he was whimsical, fun. More of a troublemaker. Of, you know, more of Lydia's yeah, partner in crime. Like, uh, he was more like a mischievous genie than this demon trying to kill Much more everyone. mischievous. Much more yeah. mischievous, much less rapey. I loved the cartoon. I'm so glad you said that. I loved the cartoon. Yeah. So that goes into my history because this movie came out in 88. I was born in 89. So the cartoon was my first introduction to Beetlejuice. Okay. And I sure. loved the cartoon. Loved yes. it. I loved that she could basically summon him and put him away anytime she wanted just by saying his name three times Mm -hmm. and not only did she get him to come out into her world but more often than not she got to go into his whimsical never never world which was Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. and he was just again more whimsical and mischievous and more of a down and out con man than this evil (laughs) demon yes and i love that so i didn't see the movie until years later years later i was probably like 11 or 12 when I first saw it. And I remember, <laughs> I remember even back then thinking it was dated. <laughs> Looked very yes. dated. Which, artwork, yeah. which looking into the history of this movie, Tim Burton purposefully wanted to make it look like a B movie that he liked growing up. He wanted it to, to look like a B horror movie. So that was by design. But some of the scenes in this film, specifically the outside sandworm stuff, <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to watch. But no, I never really cared for this film very much when I was younger. I always like I always liked, so I know you two don't. I like Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. I mean, this is one of his more iconic roles, right? This is a role that really launched him as a movie star. For sure. Them. 
I mean, they were still talking about doing a sequel up till a year ago when the WB shelved it. And wow, uh, didn't know that. Yeah, because they just couldn't work out a script, a good enough script. And they said, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to get Michael Keaton and Tim Burton back, they want a decent script. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, over the years, like Freeform plays this every Halloween multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's probably played as much as The Addams Family. So a lot. Not as much as Hocus Pocus, but a lot. Mm-hmm. So I do catch it every year. And I have an appreciation for it. I don't love it. I don't like down and out hate it. It's just kind of there. I kind of honestly find it boring, except for Michael Keaton's on screen. I saw the Broadway show last year. And the Broadway show, I actually thought, was the changes they made to the story were a million times better than the movie. Really? A million times better. Hmm. They, example. Uh, example, okay. So the act one, well, so that starts at the funeral of Lydia's mom. So Delia's her stepmom or soon to be stepmom. She doesn't like her. Oh, okay. They move into this house. The dad is like, you know, so heartbroken over his wife's death. He barely doesn't even want to talk about her, which bothers Lydia because she wants to remember her mom and is afraid mm-hmm. she's going to forget her. Beetlejuice, meanwhile, wants somebody to say his name so he can become human. That's what's going to happen. If he gets said, he can become human again. And the act one break is her summoning Beetlejuice because she's sick of her father and sick of Delia. And he takes over the house, kicks out all the adults, and him and Lydia are living in this house together. And eventually the Maitlands realize, oh, she needs a good, positive parental figure who won't abandon her. So they scheme to have they have Lydia marry Beetlejuice which makes him human again and he doesn't realize being human comes with all these horrible feelings so he's overcome with sadness and anger and stuff that he can't control and uh, they end up killing him again (laughs) so he dies again and sending him back to the netherworld because when he gets he gets sent back and then uh, the real villain, actually, he's more of an anti-hero in the end because the real villain is Juno, the yeah. smoking lady from the netherworld. Yeah. She's actually his mother in the play, Beetlejuice's mother. And she comes in to the house at the end to kill all, the, kill all of them. And Beetlejuice rides in at the end on the sandworm and eats her. And then decides to leave them all be and goes his own wow. way. While the Maitlands and the Dietzes share their house together. Huh. Whoa. That's cool. That is yeah. cool. It was a much better story, I felt. Sounds like it. And the music was good. It was like 80s, like rock. And listen to the soundtrack if you haven't. It was really good. Okay. All right. But yeah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Winona Ryder. Like a sandworm behind Ryder you, here. but it's a cattail. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> peripherally saw that and I was like, what? <laughs> Bye, Anthony. <laughs> So, Julia, do you want to walk us through the plot? Or Tom? Well, actually, before we get into the plot, so, Julia, you said this, when you saw Bits and Pieces as a kid, this scared you? Yes. Okay, so this, the original script was, like, so much scarier and darker. It's going to be rated R. Like, the Maitland's car crash is depicted more graphically with her arm being crushed, and there's only a little bit left of that in the movie. She mentions her arm feeling cold, and that's because her arm is crushed. Beetlejuice is going to be a winged demon who took on the form of a short Middle Eastern man who's intent on killing the Dietzes, not just scaring them. And he wanted out and out sex from Lydia, not just getting married. In this version of the script, Beetlejuice needed to be exhumed from his grave to be summoned. So they showed That's them disturbing. hanging him up. Okay. <laughs> I like the way they did the grave, though. It was really cute. That's one of those moments I remember like so super vividly was them pulling up the rubber like grass uh-huh. and then digging down through to the grave. I remember that like so vividly. I can't even like, I don't remember stuff. I forget stuff all the time, but that like I could, I remembered that. So it's like, I know I've seen it in its entirety, but I just really didn't remember so much of it. That's fair. There was a lot of stuff I didn't really remember a lot that I didn't remember. And when you're a kid, so much of that stuff goes over your head, too. Like, when I watched it this time, I was like, wow, he's really aggressive. He was aggressive. (laughs) Really aggressive. Ugh. Like, gross aggressive. Yeah, they made Beetlejuice a pervert in the rewrites, because in the original script, he was out-and-out murderous, so they decided to make him a 
troublesome pervert instead of outright instead murderous. Of wait, wait. So instead of being murderous, we're gonna we we we're gonna make him a. Pervert. We go back to pedophile. Oh my gosh, that is an interesting and, choice. And the original version of the script concluded with the Dietzes returning to New York, but leaving Lydia in the care of the Maitlands who, with Lydia's help, transforms the exterior of their home into a stereotypical haunted house while returning the interior to its previous state. So that people oh. would stay away and they could stay there forever. And I mean, it kind of feels like that at the end anyway. It feels like she's being raised by them and her parents are just also inhabiting the space. Yep. They're pretty annoying people. They're super annoying. They all, the original script also revealed how Beetlejuice died centuries earlier, that he attempted to hang himself while drunk, only to mess it up and died slowly choking to death rather than quickly snapping his neck. Wow, that's, that's rough. Okay, so I have a question before we even get into the plot. Yes. Why didn't they just spell the title Beetlejuice the way it's spelled in the movie? I don't know. I was I also going to ask this question. Why? Do they just think people won't be able to pronounce it? I don't know. I don't Maybe? Know. Beetle guys, beetle guys, beetle guys. I mean, yeah, that's not even how they say it. Why weren't they consistent across the board? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's always bothered me, though, with this yeah. movie. Well, yeah, because yeah. everywhere else it's, I don't know. So we have, we have this lovely couple that's like super duper in love, right? Barbara and Adam. They really are. They're precious. And they're, they like to spend time together. I really like it. Like, this is just a really good couple. They're out and about during the day, running some errands, prepping for their nice staycation at home to work on the house that they love so much. They drive off a bridge, they die. Was that not very Tim Burton-y for you when they were stuck on the bridge and the dog was on the plank and then the dog moves and the car falls through? That felt That's like- very Tim Burton-y. I love that. That was very, that was very Tim, Tim Burton-y. Burton-y. Yeah. And the whole everything is bright and colorful. And then once they are actually dead, it ceases to be so, right? Because Tim Burton's a master of color. So they get home, they realize they're dead. There's a book on their nightstand or, or table in the living room. And it's, what is it? The guide of the guide for the recently deceased. Yeah. The, hand, the handbook, like handbook for the recently deceased. Handbook. So they start to read it and it doesn't make sense like at all. And they're very confused by what's happening. Um, They try and leave the house and they realize if they leave the house, they enter this entirely different plane, you know, that that is not their home. So they realize pretty quickly, we can't leave our house in a traditional sense. They seek answers beyond their home by like venturing into, I don't even know how to explain where it is that they go. It's a complex like bureaucracy. They go to to a government built, a government for the dead building. Yes, like and they B&B. meet. They meet with their caseworker, Juno. They did they ever explain like the credits thing that that first receptionist is that they find? She's like, "Oh, you're you're going to use your credits too quickly." What was that all about? I have. It no seemed to be that, like you had three appointments with your caseworker, case and worker, that was it. And then that was it, and you're on your own. That was my Something understanding. Like that. Okay, so they meet with their caseworker, and she basically tells them, you know, look. You know, these people have moved into your house because this horrible family has moved in and they're really upset about it. She's like, these people have moved into your house. It's your job to scare them away. And time Um, works slower. Time works slower. Yes, it does. Because when they return from meeting with their caseworker, it's been like months and months and their house is a hideous. So so I will say, before before we leave the caseworker, the nether nether, the never world, as it was called on the cartoon, which I Mm -hmm. liked. I, I did like all the Tim Burton aesthetics in the Netherworld. Yeah, it was like, very I love that, I love that the way each character looked gave a clue as to how they died. Like Juno clearly died from smoking because when she smoked, the smoke was coming out of her neck. Yeah, then that squished guy. The squished guy clearly got ran over by a car. Yeah, and the, then there's the another guy. The charred remains of the human. Oh my gosh, he was hilarious. And I always remember the shrunken head. Like for some reason, that's another memory that, from That was movie. in the show. That was yes. on the Broadway show. He was a conductor at the end when the oh, orchestra well, rose for the bow. The conductor oh, was a shrunken head. Well, that is brilliant. I love yeah. that. So I, li- I like the woman who she slit her wrists. Yeah, well, she, yeah, she I feel, regretted I feel, it. Yeah. Right. If I knew then what I knew now. <laughs> it <laughs> is good. funny, isn't it? Like when you think about, like this movie I don't think could have been made today. Like this. With some of the references that they make. I just don't think it could. Like the death references or the references? Yeah, in like I don't know that they can joke. They could joke as easily about 
suicide like, like they can yeah. yeah well i think i think if they did it would definitely not be pg like it'd be closer to no. Yeah, rated. and they can't, they wouldn't be able to drop the F-bomb in a PG movie either. The Maitlands, they return home and their their goal is to scare this family out of their house because they just want their house. Right. They can't leave their house. They want their house back. Um, and try as they may, <laughs> they are not successful. They're so unsuccessful, in fact, that one, they befriend the daughter who can see them, Lydia, and two, the scare techniques they used on the family the night that they had guests over prompts the family to get super duper excited with the prospect of having a haunted house and some ghost presence that they can use to monetary gain. So, so okay. So before this, when they are, before they leave Juno for good, they ask her, in the handbook, we read something about a bioexorcist, Beatles, don't even say his name. He brings nothing but trouble. Don't even think about calling him. He'll make right. your life miserable. Don't even say the name. And then she disappears. So try as they might to scare this family on their own. They can't. As you guys said, the house has been turned into this awful, like... Oh, it's hideous. Hideous modern art courtesy of Catherine O'Hara's <laughs> character and her guru Otho Ortho who are just going around like completely redoing the place. They get desperate and they decide to call Beetlejuice's name. Yep. Though at the same time you see Beetlejuice is trying to get them to call his name. Because you get shots of him reading the personal ads about people who obituaries to see who died to see <laughs> and use to help him with his goals to like be brought into the real world again, I guess. <laughs> that was kind of funny when you needed and, uh, some work, and so he busted he was out. A little, the he was getting a little after lifetimes. So, so they so they do meet him, and yeah. I actually really did like the scene in which they met him. How it took place in the model village. So when he, Beetlejuice makes a very pervy impression on them, <laughs> he is a super perv. He's like super pervy. He's really pervy. Yeah, like icky. Like, I can't uh, believe it's a PG movie. <laughs> it's like icky. So they're immediately creeped out and realize we don't want to work with this guy. Right. So that differs from the Broadway show a bit. The Broadway <laughs> show, they decide to give him a chance. And there's this excellent number in which he's trying to scare them, in which he's trying to get them to become proper ghosts. It's called Fright of Their Lives. And he's trying to get them to embrace their inner scariness. And it's awesome because they're such dorks in the show. <laughs> they're pretty they're awesome. Like, yep. Young geeky dorks. And they imply more that Lydia can see them in the show because she's lonely. She needs them. She needs right. friends. Which is hinted at in the movie, I guess. They don't really explain why she can see them in the movie and no one else can. Yeah, she's she's dark and moody, and so she can see them is kind of the feeling that you get. Yeah. She's your she's your goth girl who's a loner and yeah. An exceptionally so easy Halloween costume, by the way. I mean Totally. It says something. It's a testament to this movie that Beetlejuice. You see Beetlejuice and Lydia every year still mm -hmm. at Halloween. Oh yeah. Again, I think the reason is it's so easy. Yeah, it is. So one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when the Maitlands are trying to scare Lydia's family at dinner. Yeah. They possess them and do the Deo song, the Deo uh -huh. dance. <laughs> that was that went on way too long. It did go uh, on really long. <laughs> I thought it was so <laughs> funny though. And then the shrimp fingers at the end, I remember it scared me when I was That's younger. a cool prosthetic effect, though, because you could tell yeah, there were is. people under the table, like, grabbing them. Yeah. But Yeah. Well, I noticed, I forgot that scene, but as soon as I noticed, I was like, those are some weird-looking shrimp, y'all. <laughs> I'm always, see, I'm always impressed by that scene, though, because Catherine O'Hara especially, like, I think it takes a special amount of talent to move your body, but, like, be so confused that you're doing it and make it look like you're not doing it of your own accord. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a good bit and of acting. Her specifically, like, she sold that. Like, uh -huh. what the heck am I doing? Yeah, it's like um, Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black when he's Edgar in the yeah. Edgar suit. Y yeah. That's a good bit of acting. Yeah, totally. You know, he used to be, like, a really attractive-looking guy, too. Yeah, he went Baldwin. <laughs> that was shocking <laughs> to me. Yeah, he really did. So rather than be scared by these ghosts, they see it, like you said, Julia, as a money-making opportunity. We're going to pitch this house and this town as haunted and turn it into a tourism hotspot. 
And Ed Rooney's plan annoying. the whole time was to buy the whole town and sell it to somebody. Yes. So now he really thinks, oh, heck yeah, I can sell this town now because it's got a haunted house. Yep. So they find the handbook for the recently deceased mm-hmm. and use it to conduct. Big no no. Yeah. Big no no. Big no no. Big no no. And use it to conduct an exorcism or a seance, which turns into an exorcism on what are their names? Adam and Barbara, which makes they Lydia age. desperate enough to summon Beetlejuice to save them. Well, because part of the exorcism that was done wrong, they begin aging really, really quickly and decomposing yeah. as dead bodies. And it is, it's one of the more unnerving things to see. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's sad it because sad. you really like Adam and Barbara. Especially when you see them like look at each other like longingly to be together. Old and sad. So Beetlejuice agrees to help Lydia on the condition she marries him. Right. But grudgingly agrees. And then you probably get the most iconic scene in the movie, one of them. It's Mm -hmm. when she says his name three times and he's like, it's showtime. Yeah, that is the most iconic moment. He gets brought into the real world and starts working his terrifying tricks, which... Don't just scare the family, but actually endanger them. Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice murdery. Jack Skellington yeah. on his head when he rose from the table? He had the skeleton. It was Jack Skellington. No, oh, I cool. didn't see that. Hold on. I want to see that. That is cool. Yep. Beetlejuice, Jack Skellington. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, put a picture in Chanty. Oh, it is. Look how precious he is. Right? Oh, he's so cute. I like Jack Skellington. I do too. Oh, the horn in this movie is just so good. It is. It's a French horn player. You're just like, and again, like this is before Batman and this is before Nightmare Before Christmas, but you can definitely Mm -hmm. sense, you know, the beginnings of some of those themes you'll hear in those movies. Yep. He really knows how to use an upbeat. So Beetlejuice ends up saving the Maitlands. Mm-hmm. Disposing disposes of the co- the Dietz's coworkers. Yep, and or- Ortho. Otto. And Ortho, and then he summons a minister to marry him and Lydia. And Lydia is in that iconic red dress with her hair mm-hmm. done up. And just before the ceremony is completed, Barbara saves the day by riding one of those sandworms into the house and devouring Beetlejuice, <laughs> which is awesome. Which is awesome. Yes. And then, you know, fast forward, I guess, a few weeks, months, or whatever, the Dietzes and the Maitlands are living in harmony in the house. The house and has been restored. The house the has been restored. <laughs> Although Delia has gotten some inspiration from Beetlejuice. She scares her husband with a Beetlejuice-shaped <laughs> sculpture. <laughs> and um, Beetlejuice is stuck in the afterworld waiting <laughs> to see his caseworker, and he insults a witch doctor who shrinks his head. he had it coming he did have it coming (laughs) and he wasn't too upset he said this may be a good look for me and then the movie ends and that's Beetlejuice Mm -hmm. I liked the the Lydia music number at the end much better than I liked the music number at the dinner scene Uh, shake 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 yes even though it felt a little long as well but I enjoyed that one. Lydia's happy in the end. She has these pseudo parents as well as her dad and her stepmom around her. And it was a good ending. Ending made me happy. It was a good ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know. For me, the movie just feels dated. Yeah. And I get he wanted to make it a B movie, but I think you could do B movies that don't feel dated later on. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We talked about this with Fred Claus. We saw there were seeds of a good story in there. Like there were seeds of a good story in here, an entertaining story. Mm-hmm. Like this, if you, the barest of outlines, this movie sounds good. Like it sounds like a good haunted house story. Yeah. But it's just the execution. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It was like, missing something. Well, for me, and I know you two don't agree because you didn't like him, I wanted more of Michael Keaton in the movie. He's kind of obnoxious. I couldn't deal with him. I did like his, uh, when he was talking to the Maitlands about what he could do, and he was talking about, you know, the jerky Japanese ghost walk and throwing his voice around the, around the room. And, yeah. Like doing all the cool ghost tricks for them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he did a great job with 
with the character. I mean, absolutely. Michael Keaton did an outstanding job becoming Beetlejuice. I just don't like Beetlejuice himself. Right. right. So the character became, didn't do much for me. I loved Tim Burton, but this one didn't feel like it had enough light moments for me to like it as much as I like other Tim Burton stuff, I guess. Well, and it, in fairness, it was Burton's like first major right. film. So it, he sure. was yeah. just learning to, I wonder if he had made this in like the mid nineties, say after like Batman Returns, Edward Scissorhands, if he would have had a tighter movie. I yes. really do. Probably. I, I mean, you've got to start up. somewhere. And as far as a starting movie, like it's pretty outstanding for a starting movie. Because nothing oh, else absolutely. looked like this. Nothing else sounded like it. I mean, it's he's always been set apart. I mean, when it was released, it was a huge financial success. It was the 10th highest grossing film of the year. It had gotten 84% of Rotten Tomato Tomatoes now, based on reviews from back then. It won Academy Awards. It was up for other awards. And they've been talking about a sequel since 1990. I mean, it spawned a TV show, an animated TV show. It spawned mm-hmm. video games, a musical. Yep. So whatever problems we have with it, it's clearly a beloved property. For sure. And for a first film, that's a pretty big achievement. Yeah. And it got Tim Burton Batman too, which Batman was the first real, I mean, yeah, the Superman movie, but Batman showed that superhero movies could be dark. I mean, you watch them now, like, and they're goofy. But I mean, it showed at the time, wow, you could do a superhero seriously and dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So I have some quotes. I like when the Maitlands meet Beetlejuice and Adam's asking him for qualifications because Adam and Barber are such, you know, geeky. <laughs> and he's like, uh, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague and had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times. And it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention <laughs> the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? <laughs> I really did like we already mentioned him, but the flat guy. <laughs> he's getting pulled through and he says you know he's talking to the Maitlands and he's like you know uh, thanks I've been feeling flat lately it just made me laugh I mean of course his like most him. famous line that gets reused and that's the I'm the ghost with the most I'm the ghost with the I'm most when she, I think, when she asked wasn't it on the is. wasn't it uh, he's the ghostest with the mostest or something on the cartoon or am I just crazy it's something sounds like familiar I don't know. I liked Beetlejuice riffing a lot. And I wonder how much is Michael Keaton improvising and how much was the script? Because like when, when they're getting married and the preacher asks, do you take this woman to be your wedded wife? And Beetlejuice is like, oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a big decision, isn't it? I mean, I always said if I ever did, I was going to do it once and that was it. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he's trying to talk Lydia into marrying him he says oh come on think of it as a marriage of convenience okay we both get something i get out and you get to say you're hitched the most eligible bachelor since valentino came over (laughs) i don't have the quote but i also thought it was funny when he threw his voice and spoke for lydia yeah that was funny followed by you know as they're getting married he pulls out the the finger oh she didn't mean anything to me babe and pulls a ring off of a dead (laughs) person's finger (laughs) I liked when he's uh, telling the Maitlands, you know what? I'm just doing my job. Besides, I thought we had a deal. Hey, it's okay. You know why? I don't want to do business with deadbeats anyway. The only one I think I can deal with is Edgar Allan Poe's daughter. I think she understands me. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it when the weird lady that was, at, when they were at the uh, seance or at the dinner and the lady says to Otho, uh, paranormal, is that what they're calling your kind these days? And Otho says, oh, don't mind her. She's still upset because somebody dropped the house on her sister. <laughs> <laughs> so the so the idea about the afterlife being like some big corporate like awful dmv type line was later used in supernatural when uh they defeat the devil and, <laughs> and one of the demons who helped them defeat the devil got to take over as a king of hell because of it and he said <laughs> he turned hell into a 300 year long dmv line and when you get to the front you just appear at the back again and it's never ent- <laughs> I liked the when Barb was talking to Juno when they were in the the DM, she finally sees Juno and uh, Barb's like something like you know we're not very happy or we're very unhappy and she said what do you expect you're dead 
That made, me, that made me laugh. You know, it's funny. I see people dress as Beetlejuice every year, but they never really do the moldy parts of him. They just tend to paint themselves no. white. Yeah. They paint it. They make him green. look more like the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I really liked it when they tried to be scary throughout the film. Mm-hmm. The things they did to try to be scary and how inept they were at it. That, always, that <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, that was, again, that was my favorite part of the Broadway show, too. Like, I, you guys should at least listen to the soundtrack. It's really freaking good. Again, when Beetlejuice is trying to teach them how to be scary, it's like, think about things that you hate. And they're like, well, hate's a really strong word. How about when people are late or getting pooped on by birds and Beetlejuice is getting so frustrated by all the crappy things that make them (laughs) scared, like people messing up their orders at restaurants and stuff. Well, the other thing, Julia, when you were talking about why it was PG or how it got the PG rating, mm-hmm. when they had like that strip club or brothel or whatever, yeah, that was pretty lewd. Oh, there oh, we go. Sorry. Michael Keaton ad-libbed 90% of his lines. Nice. You can tell he's ad-libbing with the way he's talking and his, it's good. Yeah. And this is also Michael Keaton's favorite film of his own. Huh. Okay. How about that? That's cool, dude. The studio originally wanted to call the film House Ghosts. As a joke, Tim Burton suggested the name Scared Sheetless and was horrified (laughs) when the studio actually considered using it. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they would. Of course they would. (laughs) Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out on Netflix in 1998. Oh, my goodness. That's cool. Oh, my goodness. That was so long ago. Yeah. Oh, and here we go. He, Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice only appears in 17 minutes of the film. Wow. That really was remarkable. How little that you was see remarkable. him. And yet he leaves his impression. It's like Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. He's only in it, what, 11 minutes and he won Best Actor? Anthony yeah. Hopkins? He's yeah. only For in real? it 11 minutes? 11, 11 minutes. But he's wow. all I remember from it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, his little <laughs> creepy thing. Yeah. Ugh. Creepy. Remember, I loved when Dwight cut off the ma- the CPR doll's mask. <laughs> Hello, Clarice. <laughs> and then it's just a hard cut to oh, corporate. So, and the hard cut to so corporate. Bad. David Wallace is like, why did you have to what? cut the face off the CPR doll? And Dwight's like, well, I didn't think it was very realistic in the movie. Turns out it's very realistic. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Dwight's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother. At the dinner party, Otho says that people who commit suicide end up as civil servants in the afterlife. This is actually expanded on in the film. The civil servant ghost Adam and Barbara meet are people who appear to have ended their own lives. The receptionist who committed suicide by setting her wrists. There's a man who hanged himself. And the crushed Mm -hmm. messenger is implied to have done it himself. Interesting. Originally, Tim Burton wanted Sammy Davis Jr., for Beetlejuice. I can't hear Sammy Davis Jr.'s name without laughing after seeing Everything is Illumined. That movie with Elijah Wood and he goes to, you know, I think it was Russia, but it was some Slavonic country and uh, he gets a cab driver who's blind and he has, quote, a seeing eye bitch that he has named Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Sammy Davis Jr. had like a wild life. Yeah, he did. I mean, he was a Satanist at a certain point. Weren't we all? So do you know who was almost cast as Lydia? She was the only other actress to be screen tested. Who? Alyssa Milano. No. Nope. I don't know. They're similar in features at that age. The way it's spelt in the title was made was a decision made by the studio because they thought it was funnier and marketed better than the actual spelling of the movie. That's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is. But why no consistency? I don't know. Like, that's fine. Then why not just it fix it better, in the whatever. Too. Just like make it that consistently throughout the movie. Yep. I don't understand that. So we didn't mention it while going through the movie, but the other iconic piece of imagery from the movie is when they do those like bird heads, when Barbara and Adam do those weird like pterodactyl head things. It is iconic. In Beetlejuice's forced wedding, Lydia's dress is bright red. According to the old rhyme about wedding dress colors, married in red, better off dead. Oh, that's cool. It's interesting. So does it have a Linus moment? No, I'm joking. It did not feel very, it was not a Christmas movie. No, it's just not a Christmas movie. <laughs> was it a Halloween movie? No. No, but it's, I don't know. It's a good movie to watch at Halloween time, I guess. It's definitely it was, a good movie to watch Halloween time. It's got Halloween yeah. vibes, but it wasn't. I mean, it has nothing to do with Halloween. Yeah. Most Halloween movies don't, sadly. That's true. That's why Hocus Pocus is so beloved around Halloween. And the movie 
Halloween. And Halloween, yeah. <laughs> the Addams Family, which they show ad nauseum, takes place at Christmas. Yeah. I love the Addams Family. Does that mean we can cover it on the podcast? We can. Yes. Love it. So if you had to rank this movie, what would you give it? Rank it how? Like one to ten. Like on just a scale of do I like this movie or not? Yeah, scale one to ten. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> one being. Well, I didn't know if we were saying like as a Halloween movie, how would you rank this? As a scary movie, how would you rank mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just in general, three. Three. And I would give it a five, which means we'd have <laughs> an average of 3.667. I'm interested I, to hear feedback on this one. I feel like that's going to disappoint a lot of listeners. I, I feel like, will. I mean, this one overwhelmingly, when we put the poll up, what do they want us to cover for Halloween? And mm. I feel like it's because it's beloved and not like, hey, let's give them a movie we all hate. Right. No, I think it's because it's beloved. I'm curious on how many of those people that voted on it have watched this movie in the last few years. And how many of well, them watched it as a kid and like freaking well, so, loved this movie as a kid. Well, that's what right? I was about to say. So what's interesting is you never saw it through, you don't think. Mm-mm. And I had two parents saying, that's a terrible right. movie. Right. And for me, I was more of the cartoon. I grew up on the cartoon before the movie. So I didn't really have that nostalgia. I have the nostalgia more for the cartoon. But Tom, you saw this film before the cartoon and you have no nostalgia yeah, for it? That's interesting. I mean, I do. It's fun, you know. But nostalgia is not as big of a deal for me as I would have expected as we learned from early on with things like Rudolph. Well, it's definitely not as big of a deal with non-Christmas movies for me. It's like Halloween's not, if Halloween was a bigger deal to me, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think of the Christmas connotations of like love and family and stuff were associated with Halloween, right? Because a lot of that plays into the nostalgia bit too. Exactly. This was fun. This was fun. It was all right. Tom, um, stop a being such movie. a heel. A better movie. Yeah, better, you let though. this white baby face bread man what was it white bread baby face what was you know, it when this, when this airs nobody's gonna know what we're talking about <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not I, I, I don't want to say anything i don't know i just it's kind of sad when i when i sit down to watch a movie that i thought i liked and i'm like oh. yeah that is kind of sad you know what i mean y'all yeah no i know what you mean for three years of this show i think we all know what you mean but yeah we really around, know what hanging out <laughs> talking drinking some coffee at 10 18 at night does that not keep you awake? No, mine does. That's why I switch to the wine, hoping to make myself a little drowsy. Nope, I just so, down and fall right asleep. I used to be able to do that, and I think I've hit the age where I need to start shopping for serums because I had coffee last week, like at eight, because I get that free Panera coffee because I'm a member, and it's like my favorite thing ever. It's <laughs> a coffee membership. Because I, I love, love their Panera. coffee. I do. I love their hazelnut coffee. I don't like flavored coffee, but Panera. like that's my jam. You love what? Pan- I love just love going to Panera, the whole experience of Panera. I do too. I do too. And I drink it at overrated. eight and I didn't sleep worth a crap all night. I think I've I think Panera. I think Panera is very overrated. It's just a Starbucks pleasant experience. Agreed, Julia, 100%. <laughs> I don't have pleasant experiences at Panera. You don't. My people know my name. They let me order off menu. Like they used to have this apple chip oatmeal. Their steel cutouts are great. That's how it is at Starbucks for me. That's how Starbucks is for you. Okay, so then where Panera is feeling you is the Chinese not achieving place. the small town feel that That's we all I, my coffee I go shops, to the, I go to the takeout Chinese place so much that like the guy will see me walk in, drive down the road and beep his horn and wave at me. Oh, I do. Don't you love that though. I really like going places where I'm known. So listeners, if you like our Patreon content, you know, maybe think about getting your friends a subscription for Christmas or think Ooh. about sharing it with your friends and like telling them to sign up because you are guaranteed a few more episodes this year before the end of the year. We are recording our Thanksgiving episode soon and we have Christmas stuff in the pipeline. So now is the time to do that Christmas shopping. Yes, exactly. Now is the time. It's the Burr months. It's October. Now is the time to do it. And if you want, and of course we'll be around in your regular feed for free every single week. So. Do your homework for next week. We will be covering a scary Christmas movie. And <laughs> for more reasons than one. I don't know. I'm acting like I know what it's ta- I'm talking about. We don't know. I don't know what we're covering. Because we He's don't know. Putting a qualifier in there that's ambiguous enough where people are gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like we're recording when we say we are. <laughs> and we'll speak to you again on Monday. Bye, y'all. Bye.